0: Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer,
1: Jim Brewer, and Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer. How you doing, everyone? Uh, welcome to the Brewdiverse podcast. I'm Jim Brewer. I don't, do I have to say that? I never nah. thought about that like no i guess not right i guess they figured that out yeah no one's just they're... yeah like no one's going along like who's this guy and how do we land on his page i would assume they already know what's going down how are you doing mike i'm doing awesome man how you doing i'm doing all right i'm uh i'm, I'm doing all right so my neighbor this is true my neighbor is down here in florida come up to me and then went oh i loved i loved your movie and they're they're a little older so like you mean half baked like you liked half baked they went no your your christmas movie like, what and they went jingle smells I went oh you you saw that and um and they like yeah it was really i said was it was it was it good and they said yeah it was really heartwarming it was really it was a really good story wow they were like you 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 were really funny in it and you were with um your scene with victoria jackson and went oh so you you really did see this movie jingle smell so i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't see it yet and um that's how i i i like hearing from other people and my hand to god my neighbor, and now I have another friend that just reached out, like, "Hey man, I saw this movie Jingle Smells. I really liked it. I liked your role in it. Like, wow, oh, thank you." So um, today is, and I got to when I was on the set, I got to um, see uh, an SNL alum. Whenever I see an any SNL alum, it's it's whether I worked with them on the show or not. It's an it's an immediate camaraderie and almost like seeing an old family member like a cousin that you never met or to to me that's the best way to describe it like we may have not been together but we're we're linked we're we have so much in common and what what fascinates me about that show and i've talked with so many others i mean from dan Aykroyd to a, a dana carvey to whoever when I cross their paths they all share the same kind of backstories and stuff like that the same emotions and all that jazz
0: thanks for coming to Laughlin Jim we drove from Chino Valley Arizona for my 55th birthday my wife got us tickets to see you first time I've seen you excellent show can't wait to uh, see you again I guess you're going to be in Vegas so I think we'll Head to Las Vegas to see you. I'm going to bring my son with me this time. We both think you're hilarious. Um, Again, great show. Appreciate you, bud. Oh, by the way, Joe was super funny as well. i would never seen him before. Thank you.
1: So um, today I have a guest who I keep... We keep kind of crossing paths. She's a lovely individual uh quite a quite a path in life i'm more I'm more fascinated with paths of life than careers you know there's anyone could talk about career but um and I remember being younger watching her because she was she was before me on the the cast of s n l. And then as time went on, I'd always I, I would listen to her, I would check her out, in Howard Stern like, "Wow, this is this is a totally different person than I anticipated." Uh, you know, she really found in, fell into faith and and stuff like that. And um, I really I really enjoy this individual. And she got to do a scene with me in Jingle Smells, where she plays a full blown Karen. That's the best way to describe. It. She's she's she does it very well. She does it. She almost did it a little too well, and we got to improv a couple of scenes. And I'll talk about that when she's on. But please, uh, welcome Miss Victoria Jackson. Hi, Victoria.
2: Hi, Jim Brewer. What,
1: what are you doing? Where are you at? Where are you?
2: I'm in my jungle room and in, in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: That's right. You moved to Nashville, so I. Right? Didn't you move there?
2: Yeah, well, we we followed our children and our grandchildren here.
1: Wow, I keep that baffles my mind. I mean, technically I could be a grandfather too, but wow that you're a you're a grandmother? That I know. Yeah, that's mind boggling to me. How old are they? Um, 12, 10, and eight. Oh my gosh. Okay. So how old you it's in how old is your kid? How many kids you got?
2: two daughters and they're both happily married living in nashville one of them just built their dream house in the woods and one of them has a farm and uh yeah they're happy and they love jesus they go to church my one daughter is a christian writer and speaker
1: what do you mean like a writer she what what is she just writes she
2: wrote about six or seven books um Like, um, it's about the Bible, but she uses funny stories from her life and puts a little humor in there. Like one of them was, I'm looking for them, they're in here somewhere. One of them's called, um, (laughs) Afraid of All the Things, about anxiety. And one of them's about shame. One of them's called, "He uh, He numbered the hairs on your head. Because, you know, in the Bible it says, no, her book is called He Numbered the Pores on Your Face. And the Bible says he knows the number of hairs on our head. So, okay. she puts a little humor in and tells uh Bible truths that solve all of our problems.
1: Does she do speaking engagements too or are they or yeah. they really? Yeah, so, she goes
2: to churches and sells her book and speaks.
1: When did was she like that always or is that something that just kind of it just kind of happened
2: well she always wanted to be a writer uh since um i kind of gave up my career so my husband could have his and i remind him of it every day <laughs> and uh that's what good christian women do so i was trapped in the suburbs of miami and i was very restless and i was raising the kids there so he could be a helicopter police pilot and every day I was on my computer typing furiously to get out my creative streak. And then I would do stand up once a month to bring home some money for like 15 years. I'd go out of town for one weekend a month. And sometimes I'd take them with me, but she saw me writing all the time. I think I think that's how she got the idea, I don't know.
1: So just so people understand, um, you know, we both share the thing that we both are cast members of SNL after, after Senate live ends, are you, are you, do you quit? Are you let go? What, how does, how does, what happened there?
2: Okay. So what happened was my my contract, our whole cast contract was for five years. What was yours? Five years. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. Mine was six months. Every, oh. I think, I think ours was every, I take that back nine months. So we had nine months to prove ourselves or we were in serious trouble. Matter of fact, I, I was pretty, I was pretty confident I was going to be let go. And, and I got saved at the last second, the last, like I came running into home plate and slid Joe Pesci show safe. Woo! Just got extended for another couple months. Wow, you had five years. No, no,
2: but Jim, it didn't mean anything. It meant they have to keep us if we get popular, but we can't get out of it. But they can drop us anytime they want.
1: Got it. Got it. Got it. Got because, it. Got it got because
2: because Lauren lost uh, Chevy Chase in what, the first year because Chevy got all movie starry, and right. uh, I think Lauren didn't want to lose someone again. So, But we were always afraid we'd get fired. Every day we were afraid we'd get fired. And Lauren never said, good job. Uh, I kept waiting for him to say that you did a good job or something. And I, I realized he was like the book by Machiavelli called The Prince. And the book is about should you rule by fear or love? And Lauren ruled by fear.
1: It's interesting because I, I- – I, I agree as far as we, I know I personally constantly thought I was going to be let go until, until the end of the first year. Then I was like, all right, I'm, I, I, I got, I got my two very popular characters going mm-hmm. and, and I'm in, I'm okay. I'm good shape. But I also noticed everyone wants, lauren's approval i i took him as like the dad that's yeah. never around and everyone wanted dad's approval everybody wanted dad's approval um yeah. and i remember i remember the first time i got really i don't know if it was jealous or whatever but they would invite the tuesday night dinners were a big thing so if you got invited there was only a handful of cast members that got yeah. to go the host that night, and you were you were you were invited to sit with Lorne and the host, and maybe Marcy Klein, uh, one of the producers, for those you don't know, and maybe just two or three cast members. And I'd always see Will and Sherry O'Terry leaving. I'm like, well, I never get I never get ads to that table, and you know, I see Tim Meadows, I see everyone but me. I'm like, oh man, but not. Uh, that's just so. Don't you find it fascinating when you talk to other cast members even ones that you haven't all kind of experienced the same thing no matter how popular they were
2: yes because the star of our cast was dana carvey and and what when i heard him in an interview say he was afraid of getting fired i was like you you were the only one we knew would not get fired and um it's fun to hear the back the stories of other cast members they were all in the same Thing and I never got invited to the Tuesday night dinner either, except two times and two times out of six years. Also, I never got to say live from New York, it's Saturday night. Did Uh, you ever get to say that? No,
1: I never got to do that. I wanted to so bad. I think that's another thing everyone wanted to do. I never got to say live from New York, it's Saturday night. I
2: know. So there's a cast system, and then at the party. Lauren is in the back of the room with the host and right. movie stars and right. then his favorites are near him like Dana and then his less favorites and then his less favorites cast members <laughs> and then the hair and makeup department and then, you know, and then the fans who are behind the rope thinking we're
1: having fun <laughs> I'm right.
2: like I'm not having fun uh, it's what it's two in the morning. I have a child baby back at home. I have an hour drive back to Connecticut, and I'm exhausted and my sketch didn't get on. like I'm not having fun. <laughs> that,
1: that that was always my favorite too, where if your sketch didn't get on, it was a whole different after party, especially if you felt it should have got on. Uh, that was another. That was another whole madness i heard dana say that too and i was shocked i think he told he told me it took him like three or four seasons to finally get a rhythm and i went what i yeah. what like you were you were the god what are you what are you talking about yeah. That that but it it made me also realize wow it was pretty much all of us it really was it's so hmm. mind boggling I, I used to love yeah go ahead
2: no, no go ahead you used to love what
1: the parties i would always bring my my friends who were very blue collar and uh and just very not, not a lot of them were um excited about celebrities i think i remember bringing uh my one friend and uh i think Epstein from Welcome Back Cotter was there. And he did a quick guest spot or something. It was so obscure, because no one knew who Welcome Back Cotter was in the 90s. It was already long ago. And I just remember like, oh, I can't bring my buddies like this anywhere. He just kept going. Hey, hey, Epstein, do you have a letter? You have a letter because Epstein's Uh-oh. character. You say, "Hey, Mister God, I got a letter." I'm like, "Oh my God, this guy's out of his mind! You can't be yelling at the <laughs> whole." You know, you know what blew me away when we would go to the after parties, and you'd see certain people like really like I see certain stars completely wasted or just a complete mess. And I am like, this the public?" not know what, what like the whole different side of this person that blows my away. it'll it, the parties you never saw videos from any of those parties. you still don't and mm-hmm. you never see pictures from any of those but it's very very private those things they don't i'll give them that credit they don't let any of that get out
2: oh i never saw anything fun happen at the party maybe i would left too early but all i remember is Madonna was sitting in the back with Lauren, and I think she had just been on Coffee Talk, and um, she had a girl next to her in a identical black turtleneck with the same hairdo, and I was like, why does she have someone sitting next to her that look, looks exactly like her? And then someone told me it was because when she was going to leave the party, she sent out the her clone first. So the paparazzi would follow the clone. Then she'd sneak out and leave.
1: Wow. That makes, that makes all the sense in the way. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense that I remember, I remember, um, I think it was Christopher Walken and I was going to the bathroom and he was literally on the floor outside the bathroom, like laying on the floor. And I, I thought he was, I thought he was dead and I, I was, and no one was saying anything. I just kept looking at it. And then Norm came out of the bathroom and went, Norm, you know, Chris will walk in. He's, 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 he's like, uh, yeah, he's, he's always, he'll, he'll get up in a little bit. Like what? So, so he's just, and, and people were walking over him. Like what, this is, what is going on? And then later I saw he was just, he was next to Lauren, literally like this head down passed out on the table oh my god like this is this is a wild scene this scene is not I remember see Courtney Love was was nutso. so she was laying in the hallways and yelling at Molly Shannon it was it was I, from someone it, it was it was it was some of the stuff I saw backstage was like wow this is nuts. so I've never I never oh. imagined I see stuff like this but Overall, do you think it was? Do you when when people ask you about it? Because I very rarely talk about it anymore. I don't. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't enjoy talking about it, but it's it's just it's it, it was so long ago. I'm like, eh, you yeah. know, it's like ask me about my childhood. Yeah. Um, do you do you get overall? I, I got the question for you. This is what I always get. Let's say next week they say, um, Victoria, would you host? Would you host the show?
2: They'll never say it.
1: Well, no, I know that. But if they asked you, would you I do would,
2: it? Of course.
1: Yeah, I would too. I would too. If they asked me to host, I would I would definitely host.
2: Hey if, Jim, what about yeah. the 50th anniversary party next year?
1: Do you think you're gonna be invited?
2: Why? Did you hear something? I don't something?
1: know. I I'm not no, I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, am I gonna be invited? I don't know. Well, I still feel like I was at the 40th. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Did we cross paths at the 40th?
2: Oh, yes, we did. Because you took me aside and whispered to me. You said, my wife just became one of you. And I said, what? And you go, "A a Christian.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And I thought,
2: why are we whispering?
1: <laughs> You're right. The 40th anniversary um my favorite so when I got there, I didn't know you weren't supposed to bring a guest. So I showed up with my wife and they're like, "She doesn't have a seat." And I'm like, "What?" So what? Like, yeah, no, she it's just you." I'm like, "What?" what am i yeah she's allowed at the party i go but that's another three hours from that four hours what is she gonna do and then like no worry so i walked in with her um acted you know like she belonged there we walked to my seat which was way up in the back way 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 i was next to her father the father
2: guido sarducci
1: Yes, Guido Sarducci, and I was with next to the late Gilbert Godfrey. All right, so Gilbert's on one side, he's on the other, and before they sat down, we had tape. Remember, we had tape with, with your name on the seat. Well, I took. Who, well, I, I took to tell you my story. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Go ahead. So, whoever there was tape next, I took that tape and I just moved it, and I made my wife sit there. And like no one's gonna say this is their seat and i'm like i'm not making my wife leave this is crazy and I think, so well, what'd ahead. you do what yeah no what'd well, you do I think
2: that was my seat because <laughs> because this is my story
1: it might have been i might have stole your seat
2: i wasn't allowed in i was put in the um the left uh what do you call it the room where the uh, the leftover room the where the hors d'oeuvres were and this is what happened to me i got the beautiful invitation i was like oh lauren invited me it was from lauren and i was like he's not mad at me for being a conservative i knew he wouldn't be it's a free country you know and so there was a snowstorm that weekend and my flight got canceled i was bringing my husband too and um i thought i was allowed and the snowstorm, our tickets are canceled. I'm like, Paul, I'm never going to get invited to this again. I haven't been in show business for so long. I really want to go. So I go, I'll take a train. And there was no train from Nashville there. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do? So I got on a flight and they didn't have a seat for my husband. So I went by myself. I emailed them and said, I might be late. I get there really early by accident and all my stuff is falling all on my computer my suitcase my makeup bag—it's all falling everywhere on the red carpet because I didn't I thought I was gonna be late and I didn't have time to check into the hotel I I fall down the red carpet I do a lot of interviews I thought some of the people were a little strange because I was recently outed as a conservative or something and so then I they put a bracelet on me and right. and they go, they go here. Oh, Victoria Jackson, here. And then they put me in the overflow room and I and I saw a Whitney Brown. And then I sat down and there was no cast members there. All the cast mm. members were in the main auditorium where you were. Right. And you stole my seat for your wife. So <laughs> well, anyway, I'm in there for like the whole show. And near the end of the show robert Smigel wanders in to get a drink or snack and he goes what are you doing in here you're a cast member i go this is where they put me and he goes that's not right and he grabs my hand and he walks me into the the real room where the show was and um some people had left because they i don't know went to get food or something so i sat there but i was i was i had hurt feelings and so then afterwards all these news shows were calling me saying, Hey, did you, did SNL burn you? Did they, did they punish you? Where were you? We didn't see you in the audience. And I said, um, Well, I don't know. And so they contacted the gossip shows, contacted SNL, and SNL said, We thought she was going to be late from her flight. So we didn't want her to interrupt the show. And that's bull because, all the cameras saw me on the red carpet like three hours before. So I don't know what happened, but it was it was not a fun experience. And then I went to the after party thing.
0: Yeah. It was,
2: it was like to me it was like people like, okay, we're supposed to be excited now. Everybody was famous. Which was
1: Everybody. Like, and it, was it was like that was the biggest star showcase I've ever at any, it, if you were to put together the biggest stars in existence, yeah. they were in that room. It, yeah. I it was everywhere. I felt like I, w- I was at a zoo. I was at a star study. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Jack Nicholson. Oh, there's Bradley Cooper. Wow. There's, uh, that's De Niro. Okay. Wow. That's the president. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There's Giuliani. All right this is whoa mccartney whoa hey wow this is wild holy crow there's cameron diaz brad pitt wow this just never ends but you don't
2: get to really have a meaningful conversation and it's so loud and then i couldn't reach the bar because there was a thousand people and i was starving and thirsty and my high heels and you know and my husband was it was like you know, it takes a lot of work to try to have fun, but I did get a good picture with me and Taylor Swift, and I said the completely wrong thing you're supposed to say. I said, you say? "I said Taylor Swift, can I have a picture with you? My daughter loves you. Wrong thing to say. When people <laughs> and they say, can I have your picture? My mother loves you or my uncle loves you. It is kind of like a diss because it's like, I don't love you, but they do.
1: Well, I got one for you. I but got she one was for so you.
2: sweet. She she didn't say a word. She just kind of wrapped herself around me like a cat. And yep. and I and, and I got to show my daughter the picture. Yes, go ahead.
1: Two things. One, you know how the main room where where like Fallon was and McCartney went up and Prince was playing and all these yeah. people were doing. So in that room, I'm standing there, and people are. I thought which I was extremely confused by staring at me and staring at me hard. Like they would walk by and just like stare at me. And then I realized literally two feet behind me sitting on the couch was Taylor Swift. And I'm like, Oh, they're not staring. They're not staring at me. Oh, wow. She's right there sitting right next to me. And then the other one was I am married and all that. I had the biggest crush I already forgot her name. Who's in bridesmaids? the The um, blonde, the blonde chick in bridesmaids. Mike, do you know? Where's my freaking? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Bridesmaids. I'm so embarrassed. She's a great cast member too. She's so funny. Bridesmaids. My mind
2: went blank because I was going to tell you another funny story, and then I forgot that. Okay, that Kristen,
1: Kristen. Kristen Wick
2: yeah i i
1: love chris i have a- she makes she makes she- me laugh really hard and me i think too. she's a ad- I think she's adorable i i was like oh I wish one day so she literally is talking to um leonardo dicaprio and bradley cooper and she's she's a couple feet in front of me oh my god look at these guys and and then all of a sudden she turns around she sees me and she comes walking up to me, and I'm thinking, is she going to is she going to Taylor Swift? But no, she comes up to me, and she she goes, okay, I got to geek out right now. And inside, I'm like, oh my god, Chris Wiig is totally geeking out. Like inside, I'm like ah, you know, I got my wife here, and I'm like hi, I go, I just got to tell you, big fan. She went, no, 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 this is my time. Let me geek out on you. I went, oh, okay, and she goes. She goes, I just got to tell you, my mother is your biggest fan. And she literally like, like, oh, well, you know, and she comes to see you every time in, in Sarasota. Like, Great. Well, you know, tell her she can come see me, whatever she wants. And okay, it was nice meeting you. Bye. Christine. Okay. But,
2: Wow. I, I i get it slide whistle sketch at an airport someone said oh can i get a picture with you this was in the 90s and they go when do you do and i was like oh i'm, I'm not pregnant wow. and um the the thing was i was like 50 something and i thought that's kind of a compliment because just the, her thinking i could still get pregnant means she thinks I'm- <laughs> but anyway okay so i saw kristen wig that night and i went up to her because i'm a huge fan and me i too. said "Can I please take a selfie with you and she goes and then i gave the camera to someone and this is how she posed with me really she seemed like super mean to me like she hated me i don't well, know it's weird she didn't say a word but then whoopi goldberg i ran into and she she didn't know who i was and yeah. um she, i said hi whoopi uh nice to see you and then um i forget what she, she said what do you do to me oh wow and i said oh i i do some comedy
1: <laughs> that's the most impact you know i was a cast member so, back you know, in the day I,
2: I go I, do, I go fans. i do some stand-up Because at the time I was doing stand-up And she goes, well, you seem really interesting She goes, keep up the good work And and you'll make it someday (laughs) Thanks, Whoopi
1: My wife geeked out on Sigourney Weaver. Totally geeked out. My wife's met a billion celebrities I've only seen her geek out twice. She geeked out with Matt um uh, uh oh my god. Not Matt Damon. Um Jaddy, Jaddy. uh the the outsiders. Um
2: I don't know. I never watched uh,
1: that. So I'll tag. I'll
2: tell you, I'll tell you the the yeah. one person of all of the famous people that I felt the most like movie star aura coming off of was mel gibson
1: mel gibson
2: yeah he was you saw him when i was on there and he played a gynecologist and i played his nurse and he was very nice and he didn't act stuck up or anything but his like the aura around him was like Oh, like it was like I couldn't explain it. I have never even really seen his movies. Like they're not my kind of movies, you know. Max Thunderdome or something, I don't know. I never see that. Yeah. Those are boy movies. But like his aura was like a movie star to me more than anyone else.
1: You know who was like that for me, and he wasn't oh. even a movie star. Was Sting? I can't explain it. I told everyone he had this. He just had this. Deep, incredible energy aura everywhere he went, and I agree. And I remember, um, I was going through these thing called cluster headaches, which oh. is basically stress and really bad. Um, and he he's like, "Are oh, you right, Jim?" And I went, oh, "I'm going through a cluster headache." And he took my hand and he started squeezing this. Daylights at a uh, part of my thing and it went away. So, like, yes, and he's like, just hold on to the edge of him, And every time he talked, I would just hear, like, Oh, I, he had such, he had,
2: yes, he did have that
1: aura. And he was oh. so focused and yes, zen. In
2: yes, he was my best show is when I wrote I'm Not a Bimbo and sang it on the update desk because. We were supposed to write our own stuff, and I was always struggling. How do I? I never figured out how to write a character. So that week was my best week. And Steve Martin was the host. My favorite. Okay, I'm in awe of Steve Martin. Although he's a little cold, maybe shy. Maybe it's shy. Maybe
1: shy. He always seemed very sad to me. Yeah,
2: but sad, you know always what? Like, hmm, he I'm wrote. Sorry. He wrote that song called "Atheist Ain't Got No Songs." Really? And I, it's very clever because, you know, Christians have hymns and everything. Yeah, I, I do think he looks sad. I think he needs the Lord. But Jesus, he needs Jesus. He needs but a, sure. also he had a bad childhood. His father, he had a hard relationship with his father. I read in in some books, I think. But yeah. um, Steve and Sting were the host on my best show. And I was looking for something to put on my wall one day, and I found the Getty image of the good nights of my best show with Steve and Sting in the middle. So I blew it up huge and it's on my wall.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. That's but, really cool. But
2: Sting did have that aura and Steve Martin, I just really, res- I was excited about him being there, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think um, we, we, I mean, that was I had a lot of uh, to, to to me by far Sting was like the most powerful. I couldn't explain it. The sketches weren't great, but it was just he 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 carried himself a certain way. And I won't get into net. It's no reason to talk about ah this one was this and that one was that. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh it was a good time. And I always thought <clears throat> I don't know about how you felt, but I wanted to be Lauren's Star. And what I meant by that was, so I was the last guy hired with, my, with our cast. We were the new cast. And Lauren, when I auditioned, I didn't know I was in the middle of this. But when I auditioned, what I didn't know was the network wanted me. The network was like, this is the guy, and you put him on. Uh, i guess that rubbed lauren the wrong way which unbeknownst to me I don't know and the next day after i auditioned it was in the it, it was in the uh post it said uh, it was it was on the back page s n l auditioning new people all of those already written off comedian Jim brewer who had two sitcoms go bust on it it, it was such a it was such a uh a horrible write-up about me and i wasn't even really in the industry long enough and i was really like oh my god all i did was audition like why would you why would you trash me like that and then i re- i remember now listening to the agents and managers like lord and he thinks he's dead blah, 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 and you're going back in there like i don't want to go back i don't want to go back if you don't want me like i don't want- <laughs> and i think after and then he said i was high he, he thought i was high and i'm like you know what are like were you high i went no it wasn't high i'd look high all the time i wasn't high i said i would tell you if i was stoned so but eventually i got you know i, I made to the show and i really nervous. he said something to me he, he said something like you know we'll if we hire you it won't be a lot of room but and eventually you'll uh, grow bitter towards me like all the rest of them and i went i would no i would i would never do that because i'd always i'd always be thankful that you even hired me and i and i am i never blamed anything you i, I always you said you'll yeah, man.
2: Like the rest of them
1: yes he did yes he okay. did and okay, i I've and i was say, like wow
2: i got to tell you something so at the 40th reunion, I saw Paul Simon and I said, hi, Paul. And he, we both said at the same time, remember that sketch we did on the deserted island? And we both said, yeah, yeah, no, that was a really good one. Yep, it was. And I said, Paul, you're a good friend of Lauren. Would you tell him something for me? Because I'll never get to be in his stratosphere. I couldn't even get in the room for the,
1: for the, <laughs> for the 40th. Yeah, because my wife yeah. was in your seat.
2: Yeah, your wife. Yeah. And so I said, Paul Simon, would you tell Lauren that I really, really appreciate how he changed my life, how he gave me such an exciting life, and I really appreciate it. And all of us do. We really appreciate it. And I, I can never get to him to tell him. And then Paul Simon said something like, "He's, he's not that." He said something like, "He's not that kind of a guy." He's not warm and fuzzy, something to the effect that was like, right. it gave me the impression that Lauren wouldn't go, oh, receive the information, like, oh, Victoria Jackson a, a, is appreciative. Like, it was just some kind of thing, like Lauren's not like that. It, and I started thinking, yeah, maybe he thinks of us as like his workhorses, like that one in, that one out. Like, yeah, throw kill that one, this one in. No, put that one back in. You know, maybe he thinks of, it's not like humans who are, all of our lives are affected by him, the king, but maybe he thinks of us more like pawns on a chessboard or something.
1: See, no, I thought, I think of him more as, um, or I thought of him more as he it must be hard to get emotionally attached to anyone, yeah, because eventually you may have to go because it's business and, correct. and what it what a hard business to if you like someone, no matter how much you like them, they're not cutting the mustard and you yeah. just gotta let them go and then and then the what I also thought about with a guy like Lauren is, I don't know. I mean if you think about the way the show started, right? The show booms and and, and it it breaks all boundaries of television. And became to this day is famous. I mean, it's probably the one of the most famous television shows in history, if not mm-hmm. the. And what happened you lose one of your biggest two of your biggest stars, uh uh um, well, yeah, Gilda, Gilda Gilda, oh, okay. Gilda Radner. John Belushi, both both dead, and I, and and then you have a guy like Chevy, you know, who leaves, and then I I try to think emotionally. What is that like when you're when you're putting this thing together? And at that time, was it like we're a team and we're all? And then all of a sudden, this one leaves, and you're like, oh wow! And then this one dies. And yeah. this one dies like that's got to be so painful mm-hmm. and you got to start like putting your emotions to a side and now it's just a business i don't know if i can ever do that but i always in my head i always understood wow he must go yeah. through so much as he You're goes right. through so it's
2: a business so, it's a yeah. business and actors they're selling themselves
1: right we, we're emotional we, we need attachment
2: well, it, we're selling ourselves. It's like we're not. Here's my newest product, which I right. forgot I'm going to plug on your show, my CD. But like, we're not selling like fake fingernails, you know, like, I hope you like my product, the fake fingernails. They work really good. And we're selling our emotions, our soul, our heart, our everything. So, You're right. It's a business and he can't get attached. But I got to tell you, I always felt secretly that he loved me Mm. and respected me and had warm feelings towards me. And I still do. I always felt like he loved me Mm. and not romantically, but um, he was very respectful. Like when I went to his office once and I said, Lauren, I I went to his office like three times. I waited an hour to see him. One time, it was because he's important. You have to wait an hour or yes. more, or more.
1: Yes, outside it, yeah. the
2: door, like a little puppy.
1: <laughs> yes, and, been there. So
2: I went in there and I go, Lauren, uh, I don't have any lines, and I was in five good nights, and I, I, I felt a stupid bowing because I didn't do anything. I don't know how to get lines, and he goes, Well, did you give the writers food? And I was like, oh, really? Should I give them food? Like, I don't know <laughs> if he was joking or not. And then he said, uh, he goes, well, he goes, you're a lot more apparent than you think than you think you are. And and he kind of ushered me out. I was like, what? So that was one time. Then another time I knocked on his door and I said, Lauren, after an hour i said i'm really excited that i got to be in that someone wrote me a sketch and i'm the star of it and i had a lot of lines but it's you know and it's okay that it's making fun of christians because i get that i mean tammy faye baker and all you know sure some people ask to be made fun of and there was like jesus salt and pepper shakers and it was making fun of extreme it was was making fun of
1: capitalizing on 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 God, which Jesus, is right. infuriates me. But go ahead.
2: So I go, but there's one part that I don't think I can do. I'm supposed to pray on my knees in the middle of the sketch. And I, I said, I think prayer really is talking to God. And I'm afraid that I would either start crying or I would get struck by lightning. And he goes, I understand no problem and he gave the sketch to julia sweeney who was catholic at the time now she's an atheist and um no one laughed at dress rehearsal so it never got on the show but like oh, wow. he, so he was very nice to me and so kind and respectful. so then to answer your question at the beginning did i get fired or whatever oh yeah to answer that because you know it's everyone wonders why, when you leave and why do you leave? Because right so after five years, my contract was up. My agent, uh, James Dixon, I think at William Morris, he said- oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: James.
2: You uh, yeah You All those agents would hang out in the halls and like, what are they doing? What do they do? What are they getting right. paid for? They, they had nothing to do with me getting the job. I, I don't know what they're, what do they do? So anyway, he goes, oh, Lord wants you to stay as long as you want. And I go, really? He goes, yep, so I stayed another year, the sixth year. Next negotiations, he goes, Lauren says you can stay as long as you want. And I go, James, why would he say that? Because like, I don't have any lines. And um, he hired like four new women, the redhead, the black one, Melanie, another blonde, Beth. He hired like five new women and I already wasn't getting enough. Me and Jan and Nora used to be the only three in 86 when i went there and then like when we started to run out of ideas and get burnt out then he had all these new people and 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 you know david spade and adam sandler and chris farley were like the new people and i was still there the old people um and so i thought what is he like i if he want i guess i could keep getting paid a lot of money because every year the money went up I could keep right, getting bit. Get a lot of money, leave yeah. my daughter, catch the train, you know, I was it was so lonely. I I I was so lonely. I mean, mm-hmm. my beautiful little child was back at home and we only did twenty shows a year. So I was with her thirty weeks a year. And right. you know, but the thing was, I remember just sitting, waiting for the blocking of my sketch and going, Oh, there's two, two hours to kill. Go across the street. I'd catch a movie by myself, get back yeah. in for blocking, sit in my dressing room alone. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, Saturday,
2: yeah. I was alone. I started spending the night, Friday night, in a hotel so we're not to go back to Connecticut alone saturday right. alone, driving home after right. the show an hour and a half alone like always alone and and i thought people would crack up if they knew how lonely this glamorous mm. lifestyle with all the money so then i was going through a divorce it from my fire eater husband who never worked and i um I didn't want my child to be at home alone with daddy gone and mommy at work, not having right. any lines. I right. might have been tempted to stay if I had lines. But but then, you know, so I left. And then Kevin Nealon stayed longer. And I said, Kevin, why did you stay longer? What, they don't use you that much. He goes, laughing all the way to the bank, something right. like that. And so and then now they have a different policy. Some people are on there for twenty years. I don't know. It was different when I was there.
1: Yeah, ours was ours was every and I remember the money was it was good. Like you know what? I I shouldn't say it was I mean, it was like it
2: wasn't great because it was like the, 50, was-
1: five thousand a week or fifty five hundred a week, which I- some people like, oh my god, that's amazing. But you know, you got to live in the city. Now you're paying $3,000 a month. Um, and all the other expense, I'm not complaining, but people think, Oh, you're on television. You make $50 million a year. No, I'm making five grand a week. I think our payment was, and it went up, you know, maybe a hundred bucks a year, 200 bucks a year, 250 bucks a year. Um, and then, well, I'll say this on the, uh, when it finally ended, so did you Did you tell them like, I'm done, I'm leaving?
2: Oh, I said, I think I better go um, because I was start. Oh, this is why I had a sitcom being written for me by Gail Berman, who had a- she's a big, powerful TV lady now. But in the 80s, she had done the Joseph and his amazing Multicolored raincoat, coat that J- Joseph and the Amazing, you know that play on Broadway.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
2: so she was, um, she had a, a sitcom being written for me, and well, our money started at six thousand a year, but then it went up a lot each year. It went mm-hmm. up a lot for five years, and I I shouldn't say the amount, but but right, but people matter. should know the overhead of living in New York, taking taxis, everything's expensive, flying back to LA where I really lived, paying right. for that house so I didn't lose that one. The overhead is like ridiculous. But anyway, so I had this sitcom, it was called Victoria and George Clooney was my boyfriend. Wow. Gee, I wonder whatever happened to him.
1: <laughs> is you he made doing him a star.
2: Well? Is he doing well?
1: <laughs> anyway, um,
2: well, I was the star, and he was playing a taxi cab driver, and I'm supposed to be a Las Vegas showgirl who's really innocent and naive from Kansas with a kid, and, and he's the taxi driver. We started dating, and um, ABC, NBC, and CBS were the, the channels then. It wasn't like now. Right,
1: screen. right.
2: And right. Um, they all said no to it. I, I wasn't crazy about the script either, but I didn't know how to write my own like Roseanne, she knew how to write her own she had a yeah. her, she knew what her voice was and i was given the golden ticket and i didn't really know how to write myself a show i kind of think i should be a sidekick i don't think i should be the star I should right be the sidekick i'm funnier right. as the George and gracie i should be the gracie you know like when i was on update kind of chemistry but um Anyway, and so the, all three passed on it, but they paid me 60000 that year to wait around for it to be written. So yep. while they were paying me to sit around, I got reconnected with my high school sweetheart and we started dating uh, on, on distance. And then I thought that's a good father for my daughter who doesn't have a father. And then mm-hmm. a one of us had to give up our career because we were both right. doing what we loved in different states and blah, blah, mm. blah.
1: And that was the scenario. Good for you, man. What a, what a, it's a really cool journey. A lot of people don't, they don't understand the whole, they, they only see one perspective all the time. And I, I always really respected what you did and who you were and what you were up against. It was such a, um, I think it's an incredible story. I always thought it was an incredible story. It was really nice seeing you. At Jingle Smells. Have you watched that yet?
2: I only saw parts of it because I was babysitting my grandkids. I was trying to play it and they were interrupting. So I, I, I haven't RC seen it yet. Great. RC. Yeah, me, great.
1: me too. I started going to see the grip, but I, I I don't know if you heard of it, but my neighbor came over and they were yeah, like, oh my you. god, it was such a good hearted movie. And I went, Well, would you did you think it was funny? And they're like, Well, it wasn't really. It wasn't funny. It was just, it was really about learning how to work hard and teaching someone how to work hard and not and like really and, but i loved how they got the story and i like listening to other people and what their objective mm-hmm. is but they i've heard nothing but really good positive things about it and well, i um, want to
2: speak well and we have bigger parts because we were funny and my favorite part of you us were, was when yeah. i kept pushing you away screaming and <laughs> you were your face when you kept coming back was hilarious and well, you were
1: well, really fun to work the, with. You were So are you. To me, the what, what people are not going to know, there's a scene where Victoria comes in and I'm a newscaster and she comes in, she breaks in the studio and she's, she's a typical Karen and she's mad about, you know. I'm
2: a liberal, what, I'm a screaming, raging liberal activist.
1: A hundred percent. Can't even, you know, laying on the road, climate change, just whatever. And... You were so you put so much effort into it. So Victoria would come in and like, all right, cut, and she'd be she'd be completely out of breath, she'd, her hairs deranged, and they're like, okay, we we can't do too many takes here because she just she puts all her, her clothes or the shoulders are hanging off, no. and her hairs. It was, was you.
0: Trying-
1: well, you know, I don't you get to act
0: very
2: much, so have a lot of stored up energy. But, um, <laughs> you know, I
1: yeah, want... what do you got? You got a book.
2: No, this is a CD of songs mm-hmm. that I wrote at 18. This is the naked statue in Nashville. I'm doing a handstand in front of it. Uh, I wrote 18 songs since I moved to Nashville and there's stand-up at the end it's an hour of entertainment for ten dollars anyway I thought it'd be a cute where do they song. get
1: it you go on your website
2: spotify or my website victoriajackson.com what's it um, called victoria it's called when I get To Nashville, I'm gonna knock them dead. I'll be the only country singing star who can sing standing on her head. I'll play my ukulele at the Opry and make their hearts stand still. I'm gonna be a country star when I get to Nashville. Now, wait, let me tell my joke. (laughs) You know, everybody needs a gimmick. I mean, dolly parton has a gimmick she has two gimmicks uh i'll have three because i can hold a handstand Uh, (laughs) dolly parton held a handstand she'd suffocate herself (laughs) thank you see jim my new goal is to be the next mini pearl because i live in nashville and i have songs and i i think it's a no-brainer but they're not calling me (laughs)
1: yeah it's in time in time in time they'll 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 realize you got it all i'll I'll put the word out i'll definitely i'm definitely going to um connect with you when i head to nashville and i hope everyone i hope everyone gives the record a listen and they check out if you go on tour and they just get to know a lot more about victoria jackson they can see her in jingle smells and if you ever see Victoria, just always give her a kind smile and say uh, it's good to see you Victoria. you are such a beautiful person inside and out and I and I can't thank you enough for coming in and sharing everything about you. Uh, I always love seeing you. you're just a, you're just a good soul and uh, I love people like you. So I wish you the best. I wish your granddaughter's the best and your daughter. -hmm. And much success to her. Sounds like she's doing incredible. And
2: hey, tell uh, me about what age are your kids right now?
1: So my oldest one is just came back from a long journey. Year she left a year ago and went to Australia. Was in Australia for I'm sorry, New Zealand. She went from New Zealand to Australia to Bali to Thailand to the philippines and just got back um so she's 24 my middle one's 21 and my youngest one's 18 soon to turn 19 all girls um all incredible uh you know we have our ups and downs Uh, my wife and i are 30 years in
2: we're 30 uh, years in oh jim yeah Uh, Five of my songs are about the challenge of thirty-year marriage. Uh, I have songs like "How Do You Undo I Do?" Oh yeah, and "Stuck in a Minor Key" and "Broken Glass." So I I explore that because. Okay. Years here too, and it has not been easy.
1: It's not easy. It's not. It's not easy at all. Um. It's uh, maybe that's maybe that's another podcast, but yeah, no, it's not. It's not. uh, i tell you that the roughest has been probably the last two years. We've we've had a rough, rough go. I've never probably the toughest in our entire time. um, And I I don't need to go into details. Why? But yeah, it's never it's never quite easy. So with that said, much love to you, dear. Have a great Christmas. And I'm going to check out your album. And uh, all the best to you and your family. Thanks for thanks for hanging out. I love you, Jim Brewer. Love you too. Take care, Victoria. Mm-hmm. Victoria Jackson. Uh, always, I'm so glad you got to see that side of Victoria. Um, you know, not 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 many people get to see that. I would listen to, I would hear her in certain uh, interviews, and I always thought once in a while they were kind of trying to go at her a little bit or 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 whatever and a and I found some of her I found some of her stuff like very disrespectful towards her and that really would it really would bother me and I I praise people like her you know people think oh w- once you're an entertainer or a certain way they just they just have these bizarre expectations and they forget that life is here's a woman who put her life ahead of career put her put her priorities, her morals, her faith ahead of that, that she put that as the most important thing in life. And I remember growing up, growing up as a child, we weren't in church, but the saying was God, family work. And not many people do that. Matter of fact, nobody, almost nobody does that anymore. And so When you come across someone like a Victoria who puts God, family, work, I always respect uh, with the highest respect of someone like that. So I hope you check out her new album. She's got some songs, some stand-up, and hopefully she'll start entering the uh, world of entertainment again more. Who knows? Maybe we'll get together and start. I'm starting to have an itchy bug to do things again. I think we'll do it more here on the podcast. Like scenes, I have scenes that I want to do with Joe Sib that make me laugh that I will show you. Um, Joe, uh, Joe does this. Maybe we have, Mike, are we able to show it on this one? Or should we wait towards the end when he does this, uh, when he pretends he's the record producer guy? Do you know what I'm talking about, Mike?
0: Yeah, if we do it, it would have to be for uh, Patreon because it's got the... Uh, uh- Oh, all the music? Yeah. Oh. I mean, you can set it up and I can play it, and it could be for Patreon. But yeah, if you want to wanna check it out, oh, you gotta go to okay. Patreon.
1: Okay, 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 okay. All right. Joe, when we're on the road, Joe and I, because he was in the record industry for a very long time, side one dummy, and he was and he and he owned and label with his partner. And he he imitated like we would listen to Van Halen's 1984 album. Was that what it's called? I remember and the two songs jump and I'll wait by Van Halen. If you really listen to it are very they're not they're not Van Halen ish, meaning every Van Halen song, you know, by the guitar, you're like, oh, that's Eddie Van Halen. Or as soon as David Lee Roth kicks in, who's probably one of the most underrated front men in history, he's hands down one of the greatest front men ever, ever. And he, you know, the wow, he's, mad. he's he has his little his little David Lee Rothisms, but it's not in the song I'll wait. And it's not in the song Jump. And Joe imitates hearing those songs for the first time, all excited, a new ba- Dude, he makes me laugh so hard. So we did we did a little uh banter.
0: Oh, Where's Eddie? There's there's, this. What's wrong with Dave? Is he. There's not. What what are we doing here? What what were you hoping Have you played this for anyone else? No, they. Okay, you do not play this for him. Shit. Hold on for a second. Turn this off. Alright, this is. Hey. Yeah, we've got a problem, man. Yeah. I don't know what these. I don't know. Have you listened to any of this stuff? There's no guitar on it. Yes, I don't know, he's doing that. Is that that a keyboard he's playing? Yeah. 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 No, it's not, no, that's what I thought. I thought it was the demos. No, he's telling me, this guy is telling me that, I don't even know who this dude is, this engineer dude's telling me this is the final mix and that this is what these guys are, this is what they want to release, yeah. There's no guitar. There's this keyboard, and Dave, it's, it sounds like Michael Singles, like, which I love him, but I need Dave, it's, there's no, whee, there's no, argh, nothing, dude. It's the most sober song ever. I have another one if you want to listen to that real quick. Okay, hold on. I'm going to call you back, but get down here because this is not good. Yeah. Okay, this is a different one. Keyboards in the song. I'm asking you a question. Yes. So So he's not going to play guitar and replace the keyboard. I don't. I don't believe so. Shit. I knew I should have stayed home. You know? We gotta go to Mexico on vacation. We're making a Van Halen record, babe. And now I got this shit. Oh my god.
1: I want to thank you for hanging out today My guest Victoria Jackson We're both in the movie Jingle Smells Check it out It's a good little holiday, good story Holiday season, Christmas season And um, check out Her new book, not her new book Her new album And whatever else she's into And let her know you love her and you think she's cool Uh, Besides that, I wish you all the best And we'll see you next week on The Brutiverse Have a good one, Mike Take care, man Take a look around and what do you see? Lock your date down tonight,
0: we'll make it history. You know, it's very hard to find a place that even comes close to being worthy of your beauty. It's romantic,
1: it's about you and me alone. Wow, look at the two of you.
0: Merry Christmas, America. Hollywood has canceled Mason Stone. Stone will be digitally replaced by AI. Boycott Stone!
1: We will no longer be manufactured Mason Stone characters.
0: Get them all out of here by Christmas
1: Eve. You gotta be kidding me. How'd you get it? All ho fell off the truck. There was a truck involved. The mysterious gift giver has struck again. You get busted with those toys, you're done. And you made me an
0: accessory. Well, you know what they say, some accessories are required. Am I smiling? No.
1: Jingle smells, jingle smells, stinking all the way. They called me jingle smells.
0: Yeah, I know.